Hello, my name's James Pikeaway. Welcome to Potaholics, and this is the We Will Fix It show with Colin Thomas, which means if there is anything possibly not working correctly around you, anything from your car to your kitchen sink to the door to your neighbor's tweezers, this man will be able to sort you out. This is the We Will Fix It show with Colin Thomas. <laughs> Did I mention I'm feeling extremely incompetent today? And then he go and deliver that one. I couldn't, I couldn't identify one of those things I could help with right now, so this is going to be quite entertaining. So, Let's see where we go, James. There well, could be problems ahead. Hey, we're, we're fixing stuff, right? That's all that matters. So here, here I'm wondering about, you know, if you got the, you're, you're drinking now, what is that, 7-Up or Mountain Dew? No, you got the 7-Up. And I'm, I'm wondering how many people have been on Zoom calls and they've used their water bottle as, as a uh, sort of a truck driver's friend. It's um, it's a cunning point. <laughs> For me, it was it's been such a crazy morning. We're shooting a new promo video, so we've had all of the um, all the camera guys in today. We've had Claire, our wonderful marketing manager, who's been desperately trying to feed us the lines that she wants us to regurgitate, and we've been terrible. I don't know how she's put up with it. You know, years gone by. I've been live on BBC World at seven in the morning badly under the weather after a big night out and um, talking about various, you know, shootings and gaming and all that kind of stuff and absolutely on it. And these days, all she wants is three sentences and it's not happening. So <laughs> it's been one of those days. And now coming into a podcast where supposedly I've got to be coherent and talking about something related to maintenance in the next hour, I'm, I'm slightly worried. I've got to say, James, I'm slightly worried. And then I get that intro. <laughs> Hey, but this is, this is, you know, this is an interesting one, right? Because your guy's job is fixing stuff. And here you are spending an enormous amount of time making sure you get your socials right. You're throwing out the videos. You, you obviously get together and use these podcasts as well. We do them for the greater good. You also use them on your site. Isn't it incredible how many other things now become part of the core business? And, you know, probably five years ago, none of that was part of the core business. We put it under the general term of voodoo. And so we just, we just did radio. That was it. Yeah. And um, everything worked and nothing else was really needed. We had a bit of Facebook and, um, and, and literally that was all we did. And then you look at it now. But, you know, the fascinating thing, James, that comes with that is we used to, on the other flip side of that from the customer perspective, we used to just take phone calls over the phone. Hmm. Now we have... Um, not just even in those days, email. We never got bookings via email. We got queries. That was it. It was never, I'm ready to book, so I'll email you. Um, So that never happened. Facebook, Messenger, Facebook posts. We have, um, in fact, I think we've even got Snapchat now. I've never never understood that in the life of me. We've definitely got Instagram. I've got that one. Uh, What else have we got? Oh, we've got, um, so we can WhatsApp now to, uh, to make a booking. We've also got Talk2, which is the, the one where we are genuinely on the other end of that, uh-huh. um, but live instant messenger as well. And when you look at the breakdown of how jobs are booked, it's quite an even split. Obviously, there's still a, a kind of a direction towards telephone, but it's just unbelievable that now to be successful – Customers are expecting you to communicate with a method that most suits them. Yeah. And if you don't have that method, that booking isn't going to occur. So you're absolutely right. I mean, your job has become five times bigger and more important than it ever was in the past. <laughs> because it's just, it's like an explosion now. I mean, look, look at this. You and I are on Zoom. I mean, I didn't know what Zoom was four months ago. <laughs> <laughs> I only just found out that we actually had, we've got um, Dynamics 365 and, and Office 365. And it was only like two months ago when I realized that we're actually able to use Teams without actually having to pay for it. <laughs> it's, just, it's nuts, the times and how things are, James. It yeah. really is. But the job, actually getting back to your original point, our job is basically to do exactly that, which is communicate in the way that people would like us to communicate with them. 
And so we're constantly trying to work out what that is and to go with the market and, yeah. and how people want to talk to us. Interesting one that I was reflecting on this week, because, and we'll come back to this in a second, because I had the the folks come in best in town to do a repair. And yeah. this, is, this, is, this feeds right back into what you guys always talk about, is you guys do a very specific set of jobs. Yes. If you don't do those jobs, you you know some people that you personally use that you might recommend. And if you don't know anyone you recommend, you don't. And you just say, hey, yes. that's not our thing. Who do you recommend? It's like, you know, honestly, there's a lot of folks out there. We There's no one that comes to mind at this point. But, you know, and and I actually I remember talking to you about this. I had a little dishwasher issue. And the, the, the core problem was the dishwasher was shorting out the main panel of the house. Yes. Not pro- well, and so you, your your suggestion was, hey, open that thing up, check out to make sure that the filter's not plugged. Did that filter wasn't plugged? Turn it back on. Goes for about you know five minutes. Boom. Took you know, and it was taking out all of the. It was taking out the router. So this is no good wow. because there you are. It was it was plugged into the circuit that was doing that. So that was no good. Called these guys best in town. Get them on the phone. And have a quick chat. You know, what is it? Dishwasher. What's it doing? Yeah. Okay. And we, uh, you know, they, they basically, they, 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 they look at everything on the phone. They say, yep. And, and at this point I'm thinking, is this a, we will fix it company? Like, is this one of your companies? Cause it was sounding a lot like you guys. And I'm just going, huh? Interesting. And then that's when I wrote you back right away and said, do you guys own this yeah. company or something? No, no, no separate deal. Anyway, yeah. guys come, I got to say, and the, you're, you're, the first thing you premised it with was, is you prefaced the, the recommendation and you said just be warned not necessarily the cheapest folks yes, on the block yep and and so i took that in and you know it was good it was 150 durhams they came for to do an inspection and i'm thinking you know what i'm happy to pay 150 durhams to find out if this is going to be repairable or not maybe they can do it at the house maybe not actually they couldn't they came, they looked, they said, we got to take this thing with us. And at which point I'm just going, great. I'm not going to see this machine for weeks. Three hours later, I get a phone call. Okay, we're ready to bring it back. Right. I love that. Yeah, it was the same for me. <laughs> I'm going, what? <laughs> what do you mean you're ready to bring it back? And then the guy brings it back and he says, okay, the, the final bill, uh, it was the heater coil. He said, this is very common. Heater coil, that's unusual. There's a heater coil in dishwashers, and when it goes, it then shorts out. It'll short, you know, because it causes a short. And because I guess it uses quite a bit of electricity to heat that thing up. Yes, it does. Yeah. So, he, and the guy said, oh, yeah, it's pretty common, actually. This happens quite a bit with, with machines. That's interesting. Because dishwashers, it's almost always out of pump or the control board. Yeah. And so it's interesting to know. Well, that's what was my perception. Yeah. So, uh, you know, heating coils are an interesting one because in all reality, it's just a lump of metal with resistance that therefore yeah. creates heat. Yeah. And that's the big premise that you're dealing with. So the fact that it was that that shorts out is, is, is really interesting. And I, I like the fact that, you know what, they I, they came and got it. They came back, made the payment. And I, I, I really, I so I was under the, the impression that it was 150 dirhams to give it a nice inspection. Then they're going to do the parts and labor. This is the parts and labor bill and your 150 is on top. And then I, so the guy comes and says, here's the bill. And he goes, and I go, okay, well here, you know, so I give him, give him the, the, the cash and he goes, oh yes. no, no, no. But you already paid 150. I'm going, what? He's going, I'm going. We do, we do exactly the same. Yeah. I'm going, I love this. <laughs> Somebody has the, um, the wherewithal to actually make that decision, which is I'm going to have these people inside my house. The whole point of that diagnosis fee is just to cover your time mm. for having been there. If they then decide to continue with you and do the repair, then at that point, you, you know, A, you're, you've got efficiency because you know what the problem is going to be. You know you're not going to be wasting your time going there. So then you can cover that back yeah. um, on the, the bill as well. We do this all the time. It's, it's a total standard in the industry. Yeah. Uh, and so, so it should be as well. And, and you know, the, the, for me, the bonus was because I was willing to pay the 150 up front anyway and, and just take that as a loss because, hey, they came and got it, they fixed it, and they brought it back. I loved it. The guy said, it might take us a day. Three hours, they're, they're back at my door. I'm thinking, this is the best service ever. And, and the guys actually did they did a nice little service on it too. So they, you know, I said, Hey, can you check the rubbers? And they did, and they replaced something and they did that. And then they told me that I didn't use my dishwasher correctly and said, make sure you put salt in it. And I'm going, what? And they're going, I've never used salt. He goes, Oh, you need salt, sir. This is where it goes. And we've put some in for you. 
It's like, okay. You don't you? It's unbelievable. It, it takes almost a kilo, or my one does. It takes almost a kilo of salt when you put it in there, but at least it lasts for kind of two or three months normally. So, and why do you put salt in it? Like they were saying, it, it softens the water so it cleans better or something. Like I have no idea. Yeah, it helps to to rinse everything off better, to my knowledge. All right, I could be miles out, but that was my understanding. Oh, wait a second. In which case, what's rinse aid for? <laughs> exactly. It's like, I don't know. But, but the guy on the show knows what they're talking about about dishwashing. But, you know, the guy was pretty adamant that I need to put salt in it, so I'm going to get the salt. <laughs> he even told me where to buy it in the grocery store. He said, oh, which grocery store do you go to? I said, Carrefour. He goes, it's in this aisle, and it's right beside these these tablets that you're using. <laughs> I said, really? <laughs> it's an interesting one. We've been, we've been asked for years about appliances and taking them on. And um, it's always been, well, you know, so many spare parts and all that kind of thing would make it quite difficult to do. But, you know, maybe we should look at that again because you're right. They, they do do a really nice job of it. And if you could do it well, yeah. then um, there's, there's a good business there without a doubt. Something to think about for sure. Mm. The, the other one that, that came to mind with these guys, and you must have experienced this because because We Will Fix It and more recently Essential Maintenance, but you would have experienced this with the We Will Fix It when you started, is remember when we first moved here and you would get anything delivered to your apartment or villa and you, you had a, I, I remember having physical maps that I'd written out with yes. waypoints and, you know, and now everything's WhatsApp. Every driver, yeah. you got WhatsApp. Can you pin me? And they know, you know, and then it goes right into their, their Google map or their ways or whatever. What a change from the, and I think for probably the first 10 years, I had a paper map that I would give people. Yes, we did too. It's, um, it's wonderful, isn't it? The thing I just still can't get my head around with Google maps is how did somebody come up with it as a, oh, I've got this great idea. What we're going to do, boss, is, before we get any money for anything, we're going to send a car that's going to go up and down every street in the world. <laughs> Who thought that would be a really short meeting? <laughs> okay, straight to HR. <laughs> you need some padded walls on this one, you know? Yeah. Who, right mind went, oh, I've got a great idea, boss. There's no money in it. However, we're going to map everything. Oh, and by the way, not only are we going to map it, we're going to take pictures of everything as well. <laughs> yeah. How? <laughs> it's amazing. Oh. But it's all that way as well. Um, I'm not going into just how bad the villa situation is right now, which is horrific. However, um, one of the fascinating things was recently I was kind of looking on, we have something called Right Move in uh, the UK. I don't know whether or not you have anything similar. I've never heard of that. Well, I went from Google Maps and I found my grandmother's place that um i had really early memories of um she died when i was seven but we had just so many happy memories and this is literally on this tiny little street um well yeah road alongside a river out in the countryside in south wales and i just thought i wonder whether or not i can track down where it is and have a look on google maps to to just see the outside of the place and bring back a few lovely memories Anyway, 30 seconds later, I've gone and found the place. I'm absolutely just blown away. About 30 seconds. This. 30 seconds, yeah. And I've got this view of the place, and it looks almost identical. I just couldn't believe it. So I then thought, I wonder if there's anything else about, about this, this house that I had all these memories from. So I plugged the details into the internet, and up comes Rightmove, sold seven years ago, and they got the photos of all of the interior. Wow. I was three when I lost that, that particular picture. And to be able to look through it, and you just think, you know, the internet is wonderful. There's so many things that are more important. But for me, that was just absolute magic. It really was. And obviously sent it all around the family going, oh, look at this. Remember? You know? And that's, uh, that's one of the wonderful things. And, and again, this is all stuff that I still don't understand Google and how they make money. <laughs> Um, and I know that they do from the advertising that we do and whatever, but it just doesn't seem to tally with what they provide for the world, which is something quite extraordinary. Really yeah. Is. Yeah. So how is, I know you don't want to go down the route and it's, it's now become a common theme of the podcast. How's the house, how's the house hunting going? 
horrific. It's got knock on it. Absolutely horrific. Um, there's just the, the options basically seem to be um, to go to a property that has just been left to rot, mm. but to such a degree that I don't think I can easily get it back to the kind of level that we would want it to be without major, major investment. Oh, man. Um, and if I can't do it, not many people could. I mean, I just can't believe how some people live. Um, and, you know, that's their right without a doubt, but it's not something I really want to walk into. Um, late last night, uh, we were, we'd been working for 24 hours on the original property that all fell to pieces. Yeah. Um, they then couldn't sell it, so we went back in for another chat. They said, yeah, give us 24 hours to think on it. Late last night, they pulled the plug on that. They definitely do want to sell it. So uh, I was I was kind of ready to go on that. Um, you know, we, we've talked before about the numbers of the stages of design and stages of contract, so that yeah. would have been great. Uh, one option next week, and everything else is, is a severe compromise. But uh, where are we now? We're on the 1st of July. Um, Rick and the boys from MacPack are booked for the 29th and 30th. So I have 29 days before we are homeless. Hey, that you know what? In so in in some terms, that is a crisis. But in Dubai terms, you got a lot of time still. Yeah, I know in Dubai terms. But then the, <laughs> the issue is, um, for some reason, there don't seem to be the the vacant properties that hmm. are coming onto the market. There are properties where the the families are moving out in you know uh, six weeks, eight weeks. Right. So. Uh, I think I'm going to end up with a hole and I need to fill that. There are plenty of options, but needs filling and just frustrating to have to do two moves. Um, but more than anything, now that I've kind of um, pushed the family down this route, uh, there's no point settling for second best. Yeah. And if it means you're going to go into something temporarily, I think that will be the route. Um, but I really hope something comes out of the bag and quick. Like you said, you've got every, you've got all of the real estate people in the country looking for you. Yeah, I know. But it's just, it's coming, becoming stressful now. And, um, you know, we don't need that. We really don't. But then, you know what, James, as, as people have said to me um, many times recently, uh, so many people have got so many worse situations that they're dealing with right now. Yeah. And really, I need to stop moping around about it and just get on with it and um uh, yeah trying but you know we've all got our, our own issues haven't we <laughs> oh, it's man. just been true to me right now i've got to say um <laughs> just not what i needed oh, natalie was perfectly happy to stay and i made the decision and it's on me and it was the wrong decision and it's kind of the morning wake up now, which is admit you were wrong. And I scream, <laughs> I was wrong. And then off I scuttle somewhere where she's not going to be hoping that I'm going to get away with it for at least another hour. And, you know, she's right. She's absolutely literally right. I shouldn't have done it, but I did. So I didn't have to move out of the current place. And um, there's very nice new tenants without a doubt. And they were kind of, they bought the, uh, the container um, Pergler as well, bless them. So, uh, which they absolutely love, which was, which was great. Good That's the them. salt in the wounds, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. It is extremely painful. They're lovely people. They're really lovely people. So, I'm sure it's going to be a fantastic family home for them. You know, what, um, what about moving in with Simon for a temporary, temporary? Uh, <laughs> he's got a pool. He's got a pool. He has got a pool. Well, you know what? I, I kind of, if Natalie had anything to do with it, I'd live there permanently underwater. Um, but uh, I've got mother-in-law, I've got brother-in-law, or I've got an other option um, that are all potentially feasible. Yeah. Um, but I don't really want to have to go down that route yet. Um, luckily, Rick at MatPack is a total legend, a very good friend of mine, and, um, and one of those friends who you know is always there for you when you need them. And um, he's basically said, look, if we need to store it, don't worry. It's just as easy. I can, I can get that for you. It'll all be fine. Yeah. So focus on what you need to focus on. Leave this to me, and I'll kind of handle that part of things. Which is just That's wonderful. nice. That is nice. Yeah. yeah, well, they're a great, great outfit. I don't just say that because they're friends of mine. The only reason, actually, that they're, uh, that they're friends of mine is past history of them moving us 
my mother-in-law as well, uh, more than once, and just doing a fantastic job. And and that's that tends to be the people that you surround yourself with, isn't it? Yeah. Um, people you just you, you you're totally um, in tune with and deliver it when you need it. So, um, we, you know, it's the same with Glenn, you know. Why do we, why do we hang around with Glenn? Well, because Glenn's a really great guy and he's very good at what he does. So um, I tend to gravitate to people like that, I think. Oh, man. I, I, you know, we, we didn't get to talk with Glenn this week, but it, you're going to love this one. I got to share this one because this is a repair question that, would, that, that'll, that you're going you're gonna, to. So I take, the, I take the yellow Jeep into him because I've been having trouble with my yellow Jeep for like two years now. Yeah. And it's basically if my brother, oh, my brother does listen to all the shows, by the way. Now he listens to them on his commute. He'll send me videos of, of, of him commenting on us talking. Oh, God, really? Well, there was, there was one with uh, Dr. Jenna where she was talking about feet and it was, recently went up and she, we were talking about, you know, podiatrists and who knows some other name she used for something. And I, and I interrupted her and I said, Jenna, I've never heard of that. And, and she's going, well, you wouldn't have heard of it because you're not a little old lady. My brother sends me a recording of him listening to that. And he's going, yes, he is. He's a little old lady. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy. Days. Yeah. Yeah. But um, where was I even going with that? Why did I, why did I bring that up? It's almost as if this is a maintenance show. No, no. it's not. <laughs> This no. is therapy so it was, it's Glenn for, for like two years of having this issue. And I finally think I'm going to take it to Glenn and get him to look at it. And then Glenn says, well, do you want to leave it? And I'll take a look at it. I'm thinking, ah, you know what? Ah, next time I bring it in for an oil change, I'll get you to check this out. And the problem was, you know, you put your foot on the brake and then you, you hit the gear lever and you push your thumb in on that thing and then you pull it back. And it'll, so mine was kind of sticking. It wouldn't come out. And yeah. so Glenn said, oh, you know, we'll do this and then whatever. And I think, oh yeah. Okay. So, the other day I'm sitting in the driveway, I'm sitting in the driveway and I think, you know, I'm just going to pry up the little emergency lever thing that's on the, the base by it where you can push your key in to release the gear. So I've got my foot on the brake and I thought, I'm just going to push it in and, you know, just move this thing a little bit. I do that, put it all back in. It's never done the sticking again. <laughs> Don't you love it when it works out like that? I thought that story was about to go, and then I ended up in mobile on the driveway. Well, that hasn't moved since. And then I give you the number for Ruby, who is the recovery guy that we all use. You know, he must be permanently employed. He's got me with what we got fifty five odd, so he does all of ours. He's got James, who's another friend of ours with the garage around the corner. He's got Glenn as well. And this is the same guy. I have the same recovery guy that I've used now. He reminded me the other day. It's now 13 years. Wow. Worked, which is nuts. And um, the fact is, he's never, ever let any of us down. And you need people like that in your life, don't yeah. you? Yeah. You know, you look one who's just, it's just done. And it's always done with a big smile on his face. Lovely fella. And, um, yeah, Ruby's a complete legend. So every, every time you bring up your wife, do you know what story always, so you, every time you talk about Natalie and you talk, you know, and obviously when you're in the doghouse and, and now you're in the doghouse with the housing thing. And I, and I keep thinking, I mean, you've probably been in the doghouse for years now because there's one story that you told about your wife with you and Dan that always sticks in the back of my mind. And every time you bring up, bring, mention her, this story is in the back of my head. Can you imagine which one it is? Do you know what? The list is so... I think the common theme is I'm, I'm in trouble, but I normally deserve it. That's the common running theme. Do you remember but when you moved her shelving unit? No, that's Dan's, that's Dan's wife. Tina. Oh, that was Dan's wife. Yeah. I thought that was yeah, your wife. That wasn't, no, that wasn't Natalie. That was Tina. That was a hell of a moment, that. Ikea flat-packed furniture. <laughs> and literally having to go back up to the flat after. So basically this was a double um, wardrobe. The, the job for us to do was to move it between her old property that she was moving out of and Dan's place that she was moving into. It was at that stage in their courting relationship. And um, we, Dan had already taken a look at it and said, yeah, of course we knew that. Me and Kyle will get it, get it all sorted out. And um, this is before... Jim will fix it, I think, just before. So we must be in 2007 here. And um, I literally came, went up to it, and I went, Dad, don't you, don't you think it's a bit flimsy? <laughs> He's like, well, I've committed to it now, so we're doing it. 
there's no way around it. I'm like, okay. So between us, we've got to do this. And there's only the two of us that were involved. So basically, there's, there was a really small doorway to get it out of. And then we had a, a from her bedroom, and we had to, and like an L-shaped corridor to get it around as well. So it wasn't just one comedic moment where this happened. The, the level of flex kind of increased as we made our way from her room out of the apartment around the L-shaped uh, corridor and then into, I mean, into the lift was comedic in itself because <laughs> literally just trying to get it in there because this thing was huge, was a problem. And then we got it out of the lift when we already knew we were in deep trouble. We were both having a conversation at that point, which was, I think we're going to have to reconstruct this when we get to the other end. And we were, <laughs> that was optimistic. We knew we were going to lose the odd bit. And then literally we carried it into the underground car park and walked like six feet. And then literally the whole thing imploded. <laughs> but because it was kind of chipboard, as it kind of fell and it ripped and... and, and it just disintegrated. We didn't have one panel that was left in, in any decent condition for us to reconstruct it. That was dead. D-E-A-D, dead. So then we got Tina upstairs, and I'm kind of thinking, I'm not going to be the one here who actually explains <laughs> this. He committed to it. So therefore, in you go, Dan. You, you explain this rather than me. I'll keep my head down. Anyway... And he was trying to explain this to Tina whilst keeping a straight face and me sniggering in the background and her obviously quite upset that we just destroyed um, her cupboard. So to kind of ease the pain, Dan actually let Rip with, don't worry, I'll get you another one. And at that point, everything was fine. And that's what happened. <laughs> there you go. Simple. Probably should have been the, the route in the, from the very beginning. You know what? Let's just get a new one. <laughs> yeah. If it had been Natalie, she would have insisted that we go downstairs and I would last have been known running in the opposite direction with bits of cupboard being thrown at my head. <laughs> yes, top of Yorkshire lady there. <laughs> oh, this is getting better. That, that nice Yorkshire accent as well. Oh, <laughs> a, very, a very broad um, uh, South Yorkshire accent, which actually I, I, I utterly adore. Um, but uh, it is, it's, it, it's very unique to the area. Interestingly enough, I spoke to somebody from my um, that I didn't know who was actually from very close to my hometown last night, and he could not tell at all where I'm from. Really? Um, so for Natalie, yeah, you, it's really obvious that she is South Yorkshire and extremely broad in her uh, in her accent too. Huh. You know, one of the things that I'm I'm hearing a lot of people talking about, and it's it's kind of cool actually, is. People are talking about their strategies to keep their little index backyard pools cool. Ah, yeah. That's a good one, Matt. Um, so many. These have popped up everywhere, haven't they? Whoever's selling them is making a killing. It's, it's amazing. It, it's quite... Well, I think they're mainly Intex, aren't they? Intex and Bestware are the two main yeah. brands that everybody's um, And it's making everybody find out how to fix a pool yeah. and more importantly um how not to damage their kids with whatever it is that they're using there was one kind and i kid you not which was my pool's gone green can i use bleach <laughs> what you know thank god everybody jumped in there really quickly but um yeah that's the kind of level that people are dealing with and it's also now which is fascinating is we're kind of about, what, eight weeks beyond when people were first able to get these delivered, I think. Yeah. And they're all coming back online as hardly used, <laughs> which is quite impressive. <laughs> I love that. But um, basically, um, the, the scenario with this in terms of cooling, which is the bit that I do know a little bit about, you've got two main options, which is, number one, either the ice factories will all deliver blocks to you for 10 dirhams a block, normally yeah. 50 dirhams for delivery, minimum of, what, 100, 150 dirhams worth of ice. So the benefits of that are it is an instant fix or pretty much inside an hour or two. Um, but the negative is everybody doesn't really think about the fact that it only lasts for 24 hours. It doesn't. You're not going to have <laughs> icebergs floating there for weeks to come. Yeah. This is a very simple solution. So this is basically the party solution, okay? But even though we're not supposed to be having parties, 
This is kind of how it works. Mm. So, um, and again, you can use that on a full-size swimming pool as well. You just obviously need to um, use a, a heck of a lot more. Um, but again, the issues are, it is a very short-term scenario. You know, if you yeah. get a, a temperature reduction for more than a, a 24 hours or so, then you're, you're doing pretty well. Um, the other scenario are these new sprayers. And there's, ten, there's different types of sprayers that are available. There is an enterprising fellow that I've come across who has basically um, built a little, a little sprayer unit that he zip ties to the side of the inflatable swing, swing balls, or not the inflatable ones, but, you know, the ones with the, the yeah. small frame rate. Um, that all it basically does is it creates a diversion um, from the pump, on the circulation pump, so that it basically puts it through literally PVC parts that are a value I kind of priced up as about 35 dirhams in all, um, and it can cool up to six degrees less than the standard temperature, which is really good. Yeah. But the problem is, it's 550 dirhams for the privilege. You know? <laughs> I'm off making a bit of a margin, but that one's quite spectacular. <laughs> yeah, I'll even give you a bit of ingenious. But, you know, from the pictures that you showed, I could be knocking those out 20 a day. But I'm not, and he is, so fair <laughs> enough. So um, he's doing great business right now. Um, there are also, for proper pools, there are uh, basically jet extensions that work really well for exactly the same thing. And mm. uh, Dragon Mart is totally sold out right now, which is an indicator of the time, but they are available. And um, what these do is basically jam into the jet points that you've got on your swimming, uh, swimming pool and have a, an additional jet that goes above the water level to create a spray. So it's a, basically it's evaporative cooling. Yeah. Um, and again, if you do this with multiple uh, points in the pool, I think you've got about six in total on your average three per side, then uh, this really can create a, a, a massive reduction in temperature. But the reason for doing that is quite simple, which is a unit. So the traditional method, which would be um, an AC chiller um, mm. that you're working with, A is going to cost you the best part of 20000 to install. Yikes. And secondly, could be around 1,000 dirhams a month in uh, DWA charges. Yeah, so that's too much. It, investment exactly for most people that that's that's quite an investment so instead 25 dirhams i think it is for each of these jets you need six of them so uh, you've got like 150 dirhams or twenty thousand plus a thousand a month hmm. i think i know which route i'd be going down now one, one of the ones that i'm i'm always surprised at is why people aren't getting some some metal barrier you know some metal rods put in some metal poles and putting a shade over top of their pool or at least part of their pool See, Lots of people are. That is a very, very good idea. Again, any shading that you can provide will reduce the, um, uh, the temperature of the water. Um, it, you know, we do lots. There are new companies that are popping up all over the place doing uh, sales shades right now for exactly that reason. Um, and conversely, uh, the the best of the budget brands, as in the non-professional, uh, which is Coolaroo. Um, Coolaroo. Coolaroo, yeah, Coolaroo, yeah, that's it. Um, is totally sold out uh, for the main salmon color that everybody wants uh, in the UAE. So um, actually, I've donated one spare I had to a dear friend of mine because um, you, you can't get them for love nor money. You know, I think I could um, trade that for vehicles. <laughs> Well, and this is the other side, right? Because I was looking for some bromine tablets the other day, and I actually have to come out your way because right at the road that you turn on to, uh, who knows what the name of the streets are, they keep changing the names, but right where you turn to come into Alcoz by your office, by the, the towers, there's a big pool supply place. Mac pools, that yeah. one? Yeah. Mac? I think that's what they are. The one opposite the, um, opposite the old, um, oh... Oh, what's it called? So the same turning to get into us there. Yeah. On the left-hand side. Yeah. The one you mean, I just can't remember his name. Yes. Yeah. They are good. You know, there's now a, um, there is a website for getting all that kind of stuff. It might be um, attached to the same outfit, but it's one of my, um, one of my, uh, my fellow British dads um, that runs that. And they've got a really good um, uh, website, apparently, uh, for all pool items and they deliver i believe as well Well, so um i need to find some i need to find some bromine tablets so i gotta see uh if we can't get that sorted 
Right, I will have a quick look for you and see whether or not he has bromine tablets, and I'll send you his link anyway, so that way you... Um, Beautiful. And it's how you notice that a lot of this stuff is really selling. Like you said, this, the, the sand colored shades, pool things, because you go to your usual place to buy that stuff. And I mean, you know, it's very easy to get this stuff. I go in to get it. Yeah, we don't have any. So do you have anything? Nothing. It's like, what? They're going, I don't even have chlorine for you. I'm going, what? What do you mean you don't have chlorine? Sold out. Yeah, well, you know, the other side of things is, thank goodness now, the, um, the pools are starting to open, or, or public pools are, yeah. are starting to open. The one across the road from us is open again now. Nice. And um, I'm pleased to say that everybody's been very sensible indeed. So I've um, been over there with the kids a couple of times already, and, um, you know, it's, it, it's just lovely it's just to be able to get in some sensibly, uh, sensible temperature water um, when it is just so humid and more than hot outside. Yeah. So yeah, I really enjoyed that. It's it's it, the the morning walks are being are even getting a little bit warm these days. Uh, you know, if you're up, I mean, you you take your dog out for a walk at six o'clock in the morning. That humidity is already kicking in. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. I mean, this morning was quite good actually. We were out. Actually, I'm out a bit late. I think it was about ten past before trying to catch Rolo. He loves going out or being out, but he doesn't like that's it. He loves being out. He doesn't like going out. So therefore, as soon as the lead comes out, which is the exact opposite of Bailey, he darts straight away um, into his bed and literally lies upside down. So that way I can't get the, the harness on anyway. What about you? What time are you normally out? Try to, uh, well, you know, I kind of get rustled up at about quarter to six. We probably get out of the house at about six o'clock and go for a little I bet you run though dude. Do you yeah run? yeah yeah we're doing a run we're we're you know i'm yeah it's quite it's quite fun <laughs> i'm hugely impressed i mean it's never going to happen don't get me wrong but um but i'm extremely impressed that you keep that up you know it's it's and, and fortunately the dog likes to trot around so it you know he's it, so it, it it becomes an issue in the afternoon when you kind of go for that afternoon walk and you're not doing a run the dog gets out the gate and he wants to go for the run he's looking back he's like, well, aren't we going I'm like why are we going so slow like this is no fun <laughs> that's utterly awesome is he um is he settling in as well as he started yeah you know it, it's it, yeah absolutely and and what we've discovered is that this Labrador is a bird dog in the DNA because his sole goal is to catch birds, but he does not kill the birds. He just oh. bring he just brings them to you. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, Bailey, the gun dog, so literally trained for it, and um, he would point, and then he would absolutely go for it in the same way. But usually, got quite confused when he got close, especially if he did get close, which was very rare. But one time he caught a duck and he got all the way down. Oh, no, he's going to murder it. He gave it a lick on the head and then ran off. (laughs) What what kind of gun dog are you? You know? Bless him. Thank goodness. uh, It was a very... Oh, man. What can we do? What can we do? You know, that's uh, that's the thing. I often think I often think about these pets, and and that's that's a whole other side. We've got a nice fan set up outside because sometimes we're outside and we're doing some stuff, and then the dog comes out and it's just hot. So we've set up a blower fan that the dog can sort of stand in front of, and, and you know, he's savvy enough to know that when he's hot, I can stand in front of that fan. So that's kind of nice. We've got so many air leaks out of the dodgy windows in the current place that uh, he just sits in the right place, the other side of a window. <laughs> I just, it's one of those jobs that, you know, I haven't got around to doing. And then um, it was odd because before Rolo came along and after Bailey unfortunately passed, we had a couple of cats that, uh, that adopted us. Mm. And they both loved sitting in that same spot. Um, so we kind of liked the fact that they were, never, they were never house cats. They were never coming inside. But we kind of liked the fact that we were providing a nice bit of cooling for them. And they sat together there for hours on end. Which um, you know, when you're when you're missing one dog and not quite ready for another, is quite soothing actually. So it, it did its job. This is a huge issue that we all face, though, with leaky windows. That you know, it. I mean, it, you take some of the northern hemisphere countries farther north than us, where you're losing heat from that, but we lose a lot of cooling. And as you said, you just haven't gotten around to doing it. But man, yeah. I, I see it with doors and windows. It it's pretty horrific the amount of cool air that's just getting thrown away. Yes, it's also, I mean, the quality of the windows here is, is not wonderful. Mm. Um, we've probably got, 
Ours were originally not bad, but they're now, oh, I don't know, 16 years old, I would guess. Um, and as a result, over time, they kind of just the seals have got all dried out yeah. and we just haven't spent the time time on it, um, to be honest. You know, they're very good double glazing, so that works, uh, works pretty well. Um, but also the other one is there's a number of cables that other people have obviously had coming in, or, in and out. Uh, normally, it's, uh, it was the old-style satellite systems, wasn't it, that they used yeah. those for? never got filled which actually is providing a nice roll um like down the door for the uh, for the animals to uh, to chill out with but um you have that but then aluminium again they never really seal particularly well when yeah. you have aluminium windows so um there's a, yeah there is a lot of leakage that happens here in the UAE and also of course through AC and the fans we are pushing air around the room and by its very nature it is looking to escape so, yeah, it is a big problem here. Is it easy to fix the rubbers? You know, when I look at the double-glazed windows we have and I see that there's sort of rubber seals and things, is is it easy to fix those or get those replaced, or is that a whole mammoth task? No, it all depends on um, the, uh, the, the, well, the frame itself and mm. how it's being mounted. They're not as standard as people might think. Really? Uh, and then if you try and find the original manufacturer, then you're doing really well. If, you're, if the, that original manufacturer is prepared to come out and replace your seals or have them in stock, you're doing even better. And uh, physically to get them to your house with the correct seal, fit the correct seal, charge you correctly and leave is just unheard of. So uh, <laughs> on that basis, what should be a nice, easy job turns out to be an absolute nightmare. I, I see a lot of fo- folks who are doing some renovations around us and they're just replacing the windows. Like I don't see them fixing anything. They're, they're taking them right out and putting new, new stock in. And I often think, yes, man, that's, I mean, that's what I would do on, um, on that place. And again, they're not ridiculously old windows. I think about the ones that I had fitted as a child in my mom and dad's house, which are still there now, yeah. you know, one sort of hard, um, hardwood windows that were installed in probably in the mid eighties. And um, are still there, what, 35 years later? Yeah. It's and still totally sealed. You're not going to get a water leak out of those. And, and yet, for some reason in Dubai, we don't seem to have such a, um, a, an effective system yet. I, it's got to be the heat, the concrete, and the aluminum, and the rubbers, and all of that going together. It seems to me that all these materials like cold, but they don't like hot. So, uh, yeah. It's, it's also that, that expansion and contraction, um, which goes, uh, doesn't work particularly well, and rubber absolutely hates heat and UV. Yeah. So you've got that, that worst-case scenario, I think, of um, combination of environmental factors. You know, the other one that I'm noticing a lot of, a lot of folks, I've been to a, a few places now, and they've got the old locks and, and things, and the locks aren't quite going. You've got to kind of jiggle the door around, and, and it's whether the doors have gone off alignment or... Who knows what? But you must experience this once in a while as well. Absolutely, yeah. And so two different scenarios. It's either um, the great one on the front door is a door that expands and contracts. Um, uh, Wintertime is always a good one. Uh, we used to have a front door that uh, was uh, just used to soak up all the water. And then at that point, you couldn't get anywhere near it. It was so far off. So we just used the, the main chain lock and a, and a chock against it to keep it closed. <laughs> Um, but the point is, you, there's no point in that situation. If we shave that door down, um, then it, it, as soon as summer came, we'd have huge, enormous holes in the door. So you're, you're, you just can't win on that one. So we tried resealing it, but water will always find a way in in winter anyway. So um, it, it was quite frustrating, that one. I, I I find these whole lock mechanisms just crazy. And it, like you say, the shifting and stuff. And as soon as you get a file in there and start working on the plate, inevitably, you know, you just create way too much room. And it's, I just don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's where, I mean, these days, um, our boys actually do quite a lot of this. Oh, really? Um, they One of those jobs that's just like that extra, oh, well, you know, there's another 15 minutes left on the hour. I don't suppose you could have a look at X, Y, and Z. Um, so that happens quite a lot, and the boys actually are very adept at, at sorting that. But the key is literally just not to go uh, like a bull in a china shop at it and literally just take a little bit off at, uh, at a time. And ideally, if uh, it is a striker plate that's got the issue, just even a loosening off of the screws with just slight readjustment uh, can often be enough just to get that catch to hold. 
Um, so, you know, sometimes the, the more gentle touch is the right way forward. It's, it's amazing that just these little things that can become really annoying as you start looking around, you know, the latches on doors, the, the striker plates, the, the ceiling around the windows. It's just these little annoyances that ultimately... If you get someone to come in, and I guess this is when you talk about the essential maintenance crew, when they kind of come and do their inspection, these are all the things they're looking at, aren't they? Yes, absolutely. They've got a check sheet for, for all of this kind of stuff. Um, and it's a simple reason, which is, are we part of the job that you need to do when you come onto any annual maintenance contracts is to have a defect-free property. So there aren't legacy issues that are being dealt with. Because at that point, all of the labor is on your annual maintenance um, provider. So it's very important that that inspection is done correctly from the company perspective um, to make sure that all of those defects are fixed before it comes onto contract. When, when the inspectors are coming out, are there common things that they often see, Colin, as they're looking around and say, yeah, the, oh, this is, this, this is a defect that we, we see all the time and it's, it's beyond at this point what, what you're going to contract for. We need to fix it first. Are there things that yeah. you, you well, see often? Sink leaks are the normal one. Sink leaks. Um, so... Yeah, the, uh, we, we, we've spoken about it um, before, which is the issue is that the wall, the pipe is the imperial system, and the actual uh, sink waste is normally metric. So the bodge is just to shove a little bit of silicon around it, um, which obviously will shrink over time. And at that point, it leaks. But it then leaks into the cupboard, often behind the backboard of the cupboard, creating a very stinky mess that you've always wondered why that it kind of smells under there. And you blame it on the little rag that's been there for quite a while. But then when you take the little rag out, it's just as bad as it always was. And by that time, you've got a very significant leak on your hands. Uh, so we see that frequently. That's a mm. standard one. Um, water heater leaks as well. The early stages before it's gushed through your ceiling is a frequent one. Uh, people who've left windows open when they've got the ACs running and hence the condensation drips right the way down the vents is one we have to look at very closely to see if it's anything more sinister. Uh, so all these kind of things are, are bread and butter. Man, those, those sound like such basic things. You know, keeping, keeping your eye underneath the sink, doing a, a quick visual inspection of your water heaters instead of waiting for yeah. it to be you know, tumbling off the ceiling. I mean, I say it's common sense. Do I do it? No. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. Should I do it? Yes. The <laughs> only thing is I almost have a sixth sense where actually it would just so happen, wouldn't it, that uh, just before we're moving out, um, I've had lots of things that have failed recently, which is, is kind of odd because we are really on with the maintenance of our place. Yeah. But I have this sixth sense now. I can hear the smallest drip that sounds different. You must be the same in your place after yeah. what, 21 years now, isn't it? Yeah, 20 years. So 20 years. Yeah, you sound, don't you? You know something that doesn't sound normal? So I can pick up on most things really quickly, as I'm sure you can too. So whilst we might not be inspected, we kind of don't need to because we've got our sixth sense acting perfectly well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I just don't want stuff breaking. That's that's the key. And, and, and here's a great one. You're going to love this. A friend of ours just uh, is assembling a nice little toolbox and uh, invested in a titanium hammer. Titanium hammer? <laughs> yes. What's supposed to be the benefit? It looks cool. Does titanium rust? I can never remember. I, I don't think titanium rust. Titanium rust, that's I don't think well, that's so. great itself. Is it like a one piece? I love one piece. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it, and it looks kind of, it kind of reminds me of a Viking battle axe. It almost, it, you know, when I was looking at it, I almost thought, is this a, is this a roofing hammer? Because I only saw pictures of it. It kind of had that roofing hammer look to it a little bit more than a, you know, a ball peen yeah, hammer. With, like a more, a more curved and longer tail yeah. on it. Yeah. I've got, I've got, I've got one of those and I love mine. Um, but again, literally one piece, I like stainless. So I, mm. I like a steel hammer because I know what I'm doing with a steel hammer. But to have it stainless means that you know it's not going to rust when inevitably I forget about it and leave it on the lawn for that one <laughs> night when the irrigation's <laughs> off. Come back to it, normal hammer. Oh, great, the whole thing's rusty. Can you ever get it back? No, you can't. Stainless steel hammer, ah, nice. A little bit of, um, of residue on the handle and that's it. Exactly the same hammer. Bingo. I think I'm still using uh, an old Stanley hammer, wood handle, steel head, 30 years old. And, it, you know, the thing just 
works. It is just, and I, and I think, I think it was a stainless steel head actually. Yeah, it will be. It will be that age. Um, my dad has a very, very similar one as well. The one problem is when we started up, um, uh, Jim will fix it back in the day. I only had that as a one option that I was going to buy. And unfortunately, they are nothing like what they were from that era. Really? And my dad's probably from, his must be from the 70s. And we've got some from my, um, my great uncle from the 30s and 40s. And they're just incredible. Incredible tools. They're never going to break. Um, but yeah, modern day ones, no, totally different. They've all been cost reduced. And, uh, you know, we were snapping the handles inside all three months. There were no use to us. Yeah. So hence, that's why we now go single, um, uh, single piece, you know, absolute solid. And it's, it, it's, it's, it's pretty incredible when you go buy a, a Speedex or an Ace and you just look at the old hammer rack, the variety. And again, what are you looking for? And what do you got? And what are you going to use it for? And how is it weighted? And all hammers are not the same. <laughs> no, they're not. And also, more expensive hammers do not mean better hammers as well. Mm. This is often the case with tools. You basically really need to understand what you're looking at. And everybody thinks... It's a hammer, you know, but you're absolutely right. Each one's totally different. And, um, you know, when you're looking at it from a, a perspective of I'm going to buy 30 of those, you'd be amazed how much detail you can actually find on a hammer to work out whether or not it is going to last the length of time you need. Yeah, for sure. No, I'm, I'm looking at the clock here, Colin, and I know that it's, a, it's the afternoon at our time. And I know you've got stuff to do. I, I think we might have to wrap up this podcast. And we we didn't get in our 10 minutes with Colin today. Oh, apologies. Next week, it will be back on form. <laughs> but it has been absolutely fantastic. Colin Thomas from We Will Fix It Dubai, Essential Maintenance Dubai, the We Will Fix It podcast. Everything you want to know, but we're afraid to ask. And hey, you know what? If you got more questions get in touch with us podholics with a k at gmail.com and of course we will uh, you know, follow us on the socials podholics with a k it's easy to find us and we love to hear what you think i don't know how you're listening to us but we know that you are so rate us give us some love give us some comments we're going to do it all again real soon call them we'll be back for another episode of what has surely been yet another epic listening experience with We Will Fix It right here on Podaholics.